Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Andrew. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. I'm Henry. Yes. And this is Nailed episode it. 47. 47. 47. We made it. We made it. Yeah. Another week. Wow. We that made does it, sound like it would be a cool idea to come out with a book of Robert John the Wreck recipes after talking about making food. <laughs> it would just all be like the garbage food that we ate all the time, but then like taken with really high quality photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hormel chili with, uh, with goldfish. Goldfish. But it would like be staged with all this like nice looking stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Nice garnishes. Nice it's little, all shiny yeah, and nice like soft box. <laughs> And some some like some swirl of something on the side of the plate, yeah. maybe like a sriracha. Actually, one time when we were on Each tour, with a can on the plate. Sorry, <laughs> Steve. Steve showed me the video of the behind the scenes how they like photograph take photos of food, and they use products that like aren't food products to make food products yeah. look amazing. And it was it was pretty mind blowing. Like for uh, for the McRib, they use shoe polish. To make it look like it's freshly off the grill, but it's actually just a raw patty with shoe polish on it. Yeah, and for like uh, for yogurt or milk that has a that it has like a fruit in it, they usually use super glue because then when you drop a piece of fruit on it, it like doesn't sink in yeah. and it's picture perfect. And it's I don't like, know, yeah, like, I just like an Homer's glue or something. That, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up on YouTube. They'll, or, they'll yeah, nail in the sides of uh, whatever the two pizza slices that are on the side of the one that they're pulling. They'll screw those into the board so that those ones don't come up at all. Because everybody knows that when you get a pizza, like you either you have to either put a finger on it or hold it down with something else as you're grabbing it. Because they never cut them through all the way. I forgot what we were talking about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we're talking about a recipe book for stuff. <laughs> yes. We're talking about taking professional photos of food for commercial advertisements. Yeah. But now we're talking about how everybody's weekend was. Yeah. Nice. It was the 4th of Steve, July, man. It was fun. I had a good time. It was cool. Went over to, uh, I got to play my accordion that my dad gave me, <laughs> which is really heavy, by the way. And, uh, so I could only go about like maybe twenty minutes, uh, like three or four songs before my arm was just on fire, and like right behind my like upper shoulders are just completely sore yesterday and today from that. But it was really cool, and I found out that uh, my dad's accordion they gave me uh, it's an old Continental, and that's the one that he used to use uh, out in Munich when his band would go and march in the Oktoberfest opening day parades. He was like, nice. yeah, that's one of my light ones. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> it's awesome, though. And it's like, it was in tune, and it was really fun. And we it sounded uh, great. Had, had a, a little get-together with uh, some people that we've been with for most of, uh, most of this crazy time and, and got to play a little music and stay safe and drink and... Celebrate America. It was good. Andrew? <clears throat> I would have been there, but I got sick on, like, Friday. And I kind of don't mess around with getting sick, which I guess you shouldn't right now. Yeah. But I've just sort of been at home trying to take care of myself, not trying to interact with people too much. But it's been good. I'm starting to feel better. I'm just uh, 
been really tired all weekend, so I think I'll be fine. Did you do anything for the fourth other than stay at home, or like, did you? I I started watching the Lost. Ooh. This is gonna be it. <laughs> okay. I didn't want this to be a long explanation to something. <laughs> a bunch of my friends have been rewatching Lost again, and they just keep talking about it. And I had to just understand what they were talking about. And it sounded like the worst show ever, and it is the worst show ever. Did you watch so, it when it was on TV? Is this no. the first time watching it? This is the first time I've ever seen it before. Oh, it's so good. It gets so it's so good. It's good. You say it's yeah. good. everyone says it's good, and then I'm like, well, "How is it good?" So I I, I don't know. I I watched it on TV, so I had to wait, you know, a whole week to watch the next episode. And how old were you? I was in high school. Yeah, that's why it was good. Oh, uh, okay. So I haven't watched it once yet since since it was on air on the actual television. So I don't know. I'm only going from nostalgia. I'm just hoping it gets better. But like all the things, and maybe it's because everyone has copied Lost since then. So maybe at the time it was really good TV. But I'm. It's just so. It just feels like cheap storytelling to me. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like so cliche and so like. Everyone's represented here on the island, and everything is, you know, all this stuff is interweaving. And I just hate that, like, I only want to know what goes on on the island, but it's like 90% backstory and like 1% island. How, how far are you? I watched the first eight episodes. Then everyone told me season one was the worst, so I skipped the rest of season one except the season finale. And I don't you feel like I missed skip, anything. Bro. You can't skip. I skipped. I don't feel like oh. you missed anything. They're the old 24-episode seasons. There's yeah. no way I'm watching 24 hours worth of garbage, you know, <laughs> story content. The lady has her baby. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot that happened. They find the hatch or whatever. And so crucial. Now I just started season two where they start, like, introducing more random stuff and actually starting explaining stuff instead of just, like, having a bunch hate, of mysteries. You're going to hate this show so much. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm already in, so I'm just yeah. But I just you're just gonna hate it. I watched the pilot for that when it came out, and then I watched the series finale, and I called it. <laughs> That's an odd order. <laughs> to watch I, the show in. It was no. It was I. I was I called it after the pilot, and I was like, dude, like I'm. I know exactly where this is going, and I don't. <laughs> I'm not interested. And I watched a couple like. You know, just flipping through channels and stuff while traveling and, like, while it was still airing. And, and uh, yeah, I could not get into it, man. I was like, this is so dumb. It is not, like, uh, good. It's not good. <laughs> I loved it. And I had lost parties. Really? And I forget what day it was on, but every night we go to someone else's house and watch it. Wow. Well, and that was all around the same time of like twenty four and stuff too. And I was I was a total twenty four guy. I love. See, I watched I watched twenty four. I watched Lost. I didn't watch twenty four. Yeah, I was I was a big fan of twenty four. Twenty four, and then Heroes came out right after, like like at the end of Lost. Yeah, Heroes. I was still I was still a Lost person. It was like the first show I got really into. Minus the others. We should watch an episode of 24 again as adults and see how bad 24 actually was. <laughs> was <laughs> really show, like Wasn't that show Heroes on around that same time, too? That's yeah. You remember yeah, that yeah. show? Yeah, yeah I, I was a Lost guy, though. I didn't watch Heroes. I didn't watch 24 or Lost. I watched Heroes. See, so you, you, you watched one of them. <laughs> and then what everyone sort of talks about, like, 
I've heard all these weird spoilers, like, and then the polar bear comes out, and then, like, yeah. the time <laughs> travel starts happening. And then, yeah. like, you know, it's all these, like, vague things, and I'm like, this show's going to be terrible, isn't it? But now I'm in. Now yeah. I'm in and I'm invested. And I, just I can't to- wait for you to watch the whole thing and then just be so upset that you wasted all your time because <laughs> I can already tell you're not going to like it. Yeah, if, if you think Arrested Development put on the storytelling talent in their last season before they got canceled, man, like, you're going to, you've got something coming. Now I'm just watching it so I could talk crap to my friends about how bad it is. Because they keep talking about how good That'll it is. That'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me waste five it's days true. of my life. And the problem, the problem is, and now you got me on my tirade about this thing. I didn't <laughs> oh want to go this deep in the loss. But yeah, it's good. It's the writing is so yet, like on the nose. They go like, but I'm a man of faith. And he goes, and you're a man of science, so why can't you just believe this is true? <laughs> it's so cliche. It's like it was written by a 16-year-old. Yeah, but they were but like, I guess a bunch of 16-year-olds like, liked it. So. Well, <laughs> or now, they're, now they're 35. You know, It's all good. Bruce says, once you know the ending, you can totally talk crap to them. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, how was your weekend? I had a great weekend. I, um, I I played a private party on Friday night, which is the first time I've played solo for anything this whole entire crazy COVID existence. Um, and that was fun. Uh, and then, yeah, I was at the same little um, get-together that Steve was at, and we had a good time. And uh, Sunday I recovered and... I'm here right now, so it was um, it was a good weekend. Warren, well, I was at the same Fourth of July party, so I guess I don't have to dive into that. But um, I have had some family over. Erica's mom was over, and my uncle and his wife and my cousins were out. So it was good to see a bunch of family. Um, but something that is relatively new for me is I got a dartboard, yeah. and on Sunday. Uh, Steve came over and we played darts for like three hours uh, or like three and a half hours. Yeah. Probably, but man, I love darts right now. I'm on a huge, <laughs> huge dart dart binge. So, uh, oh, Warren Hewitt's in the chat right now. Sorry <laughs> what's up, hey, Warren? What's up, I am Warren. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is uh, Warren Hewitt was here. We were at uh, when sunsets down. There was Warren Hewitt, myself. And another gentleman there who whose name was Warren. And at one time, we had three Warrens in one room, which had never happened for any of us. And I don't know if there's many people out there named Warren, but that doesn't happen ever. I've only met like maybe one or two other Warrens. And to have three in one room was insane. So uh, thanks for being a part of that, Warren. <laughs> Amongst uh, the session and everything else, so. <laughs> you're, anyway, you're, what, what you took away from that session at Sunset Sound was that the fact that, that like, there was three Warrens. It wasn't the fact of being there and who we worked with or anything. It was the fact that there was three Warrens in that room. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was just history in the making, bro. Yeah. And we, we did talk about that, uh, that session on the last podcast, mm-hmm. which is episode number 46, if you're interested in hearing more about our session at yep. Sunset Sound. Which you can yeah. find on the Apple Podcast app and Spotify Podcasts as well. Indeed. Yeah. But most of all, Henry, how was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. Um, I went to uh, my friend's house on Saturday for 4th of July 
and uh, my buddy Adam, who was a bass player in my project, King Tree and the Earth Mothers, and we've been working on demos and stuff for the last couple of weeks. And uh, so I went over there, and they're like firework people. Like, they're really into their fireworks, so they buy, like, all the illegal stuff and just kind of go crazy with it. So it was interesting. And there, to comment on what you just said, there are the firework people. Yes. Do you guys agree with that? Like, there's the people yeah. that are really into the fireworks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's people that don't care, like me. Yeah. Um, but there's people that, like, they see a firework in the sky and everything stops. Like, the world stops and they have to go run and watch them mm-hmm. for the next, like, 30 minutes. Which is, I'm just, I've been thinking about this a lot this weekend and, and how, like, I, I feel like it's all comes from maybe childhood or something where, like, you either are really into fireworks or you really don't give a shit. <laughs> And uh, something we can discuss on a for, on a yeah. on another day. But I personally have stopped thinking that they were gunshots, so that's good. I've been conditioned by all of the uh, illegal fireworks here in Costa Mesa, to uh, or whatever other small explosions are going on. <laughs> um, now I'm like, oh, well, something happened. I'm gonna go back inside. It's crazy. There's been so many, like every night until like 4 a.m. It's crazy. Yeah. I was, laying, a I was laying in bed last night trying to go to sleep because we had an early morning for that uh, for that live stream, and like one firework was like right over our like backyard, and it wasn't Ryan because he went to bed before me. So, and it wasn't <laughs> you because it was it wasn't you. Yeah, and it wasn't me because <laughs> Henry, I was in did they bed. did they give any reasons? Was it like way easier to get illegal fireworks this year? I don't know. Uh, Adam and his dad have like a guy. Like they have like their guy that they they have a guy that they go to every year and it's the same guy firework and it's Freddy. just like this it's just this like super old guy that they go to and firework Frank they just have their dude that they get fireworks from so I don't know to answer your question I don't really know um, I know for them it's always been easy because they've always had their guy my thought is always like <laughs> that guy doesn't have a gun he just has fireworks that he's gonna point at you if you're not cool probably. Ouch. You're like, I need some fireworks. And he's like, but wait, are you cool? <laughs> some zippy do's, some zippy don'ts. <laughs> what's that thing from, from, from uh, what's that? Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Space poop. Uh, nice. We have a special guest with us this evening. Yeah. Uh, he's a very talented musician. And uh, he reigns from um, the same cloth that we do here in Southern California. That might be a weird, weird way to put it. But um, <laughs> we'll invite him on and then we'll talk more about him. But uh, let's introduce John Lavero from the band The Higgs yeah. to the Rec Podcast. Bro, bro, bro. What's going on, guys? Bro, How you doing? Yo. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Before we uh, dive into who you are and what you do and and everything like that, how was your weekend, John? My weekend was fantastic. I just hung out at home. You know, we had a gig booked over at the Wayfair with the Higgs, and we did a gig the previous Sunday, but this one got canceled. You know, I think things are just opening up a little too soon, and they had to mm-hmm. throw the brakes on. So it is what it is. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, we don't know what's going on with yeah. the current state of the entertainment industry and how safe people are feeling. Some people want everyone to wear masks. Some people don't care. Some people want to open things back up. Some people want to stay on lockdown. So we're just in this weird place right now as musicians where 
we're just kind of rolling with the punches and going with the flow and trying to stay creative and active through other outlets, like maybe a podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, my weekend was fantastic. Nice, man. Yeah, Henry and I played, uh, and Ryan, we, my, my roommate, we played uh, a couple, uh, we played Father's Day over there at the Wayfair in their, in their uh, beer garden. And stuff. That's right. We have set outside, yeah. man. I love it out there, dude. It's such a cool vibe. It was a great vibe. And last Sunday when we played, it, the energy that I felt that day was so phenomenal. Like yeah. to not feel that feeling and to not have that expression and that conduit between the band and the audience and For to be able months. to do that even yeah. in such a like a low-key setting in a backyard during the day uh i it reminds me of why i do this yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. it's great yeah yeah well uh, uh john Lavero uh is in a band called the higgs they are a phenomenal jam band yeah um that reigns here from orange county california and we met john the same exact Time that we got to meet Warren Mural, hey, yeah. who's in the middle of this frame right now, um, because they used to be playing music together. And um, just to give you a little history of how long we've known John, um, it's been a bit now. Yeah, seven, eight years, man. It has been a bit. Yeah, and well, I'll never forget that night too, because I was out of weed, and Nick was like, "Yo, dude, I got you." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's like one never of forget that. They always go, man, we, we didn't realize how much weed you guys could smoke. And I was like, I just thought we were just smoking a normal amount. Like, I didn't think we were going, like, you know, really getting after it or anything. So, right. <laughs> but and also, you know, what's interesting is you had played Chinook Fest the year prior to when I was up there it was 2013. The Higgs played the year, was it one year before that, too? So That sounds I, about right. I think you guys played the original... Chinook Fest. Yeah, I think so. I think it was the first year. Yeah, which is yeah, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, man. That's the that area is so beautiful. Like to be camping in that area and to play a show right there is just so beautiful. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous location. Yeah, we yeah. love it. And uh, just in general, like cool, great bands. I don't. I think the lineups probably changed a considerable amount since I played there. But when I was there, it was fantastic. Uh, the who is it? The harmonica guy was there. Well, the harmonica Lee, guy. Lee Oscar. Lee Oscar. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Man. Killer. Yeah. That was Killer. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, we had yeah. Cody on uh, a couple weeks back. Uh Cody BB that puts on, on Chinook Fest. So that was that was really cool catching up with him. Very nice. Too, man. Yeah. Well, before we dive a little deeper, what are we all drinking this evening? Ooh. Well, uh Hello. our good uh, good friend of the band, Zeke Willett, uh brought over some uh, Chapman crafted beer the other day, and so uh, I'm currently drinking a personal space pale ale, which seems pretty fitting for <laughs> current current times. And it's good, man. It's uh the hops are uh, Citra, Crystal, Summit, and Centennial. Notes of citrus, pine, and bubble, uh, which is pretty cool. And it's Ooh, that uh, bubble. it's brewed and canned right here in Orange County, in the heart of Orange County, Orange, California, at Chapman Crafted Beer, which is awesome. So, Zeke, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Zeke. Thank you. And it's so, Joe, we didn't, we didn't let you know etiquette, which is basically we go in order of the squares for most things. Okay. <laughs> so, so we, am I next? People, or are you uh, next? Technically, I'm next. 
Uh, we can see the same thing, right? It's Steve, yeah, me, yeah. Robert, you, Warren, and then Henry. For people who yep. can't are listening to this later, we look like the Brady Bunch in the yeah. sixth square. <laughs> And everything, because we all just talk over each other all the time, we have yeah. to figure out how to, like, create these rules uh, with this online thing. Because if we were just talking next to each other, you would sort of understand, you could see more of people's, like, uh, facial expressions and things like that to let you know when they're done Body talking. But it's really hard around. online, and then there's the, the gap. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to create these weird rules. So, John, as our, it's the Brady Bunch rule. Where we go in Brady Bunch order. I am drinking lovely uh, sparkling water and root beer flavoring stuff. And I'm kind of sick. That's why I missed the live stream this morning. I don't want to be around the dudes and be contagious. That's why I wasn't there this weekend. That's why I was watching Lost. So, cheers. Cheers. And then, John, they're all drinking the same thing. So, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm not drinking the same thing. Me neither. What? We have different yeah. types of beers. We got oh, different types I didn't know of that. beers. Sorry. Man. So yeah, Zeke came in clutch. Just broke my own Brady Bunch rule. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, <clears throat> because we saw each other this morning, um, we each have a Chapman crafted beer, and I, I believe that me and Warren are drinking the same one. So no, actually, can... I, I even have a different one. So. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm I am drinking. It's called Welcome to Citra, and it's a West Coast IPA. And there's notes of grapefruit. There's notes of dank. That's my favorite and, note. And there's oh. notes of come again, which is just an interesting thing to see on the label. Wow. It's an interesting description. It's grapefruit, dank, come again. But it's, a, it's really good. good. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's flavorful. It's easy to drink. It's not, you know, overly hoppy. Um, and it's just, uh, it's really good. And I've never had a Chapman. Crafted beer. Yeah, I, I've, I've. I feel like I might have heard of them, but I've never had one. So it's it's nice to always uh, try a new beer out. So cheers. 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 John, what you got, bro? Well, I have a uh, rare vintage White Claw here. I believe <laughs> the artificial flavoring was sourced from Napa. And oh, yeah. it has notes of ruby grapefruit. And yeah. it has the special oh. white and silver label. Um, wow. It's fantastic. Delicious. Delicious. Nice. I had three That's of the them flavor. What year? what year? What year is um, that? I believe it's a 2006. It was prime <laughs> for these. Yeah, yeah, that was a good year way, for this. Way before its time, yeah. <laughs> that was way before the laws came out. Good old 14-year yeah. light club, dude. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't even like drinking, drinking until these things came out. Like, everyone loves, like, a nice, strong IPA with a bunch of bitterness and taste, and it's just not my thing. So I think that's why I haven't liked alcohol for all these years. Hmm. And they came out with these things, and now I'm a drunk. It's great. Claws that got you. It's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, do you drink regular, just like bubbly water too, like Lacroix or whatever offshoot of bubbly water as well? Because we always are drinking that on the podcast too. Those Different. have entered my diet uh, in the past couple of years. Absolutely, yeah. Lacroix are great. I like those uh, uh, Spindrift too because they have like the real. Uh, Juice in it, those are fantastic, but yeah, I love the seltzer waters all yeah. about it. Yeah, Spindrift these are great, man. You can just put bomb. them away, and you know, next thing you know, you're a little buzzed, and yeah, it's uh, it's great, man. <laughs> half half a case later, <laughs> half a case later, yeah. yeah, or two tall boys, yeah, yeah, one of the yeah. two. I do, I do like that ruby grapefruit though, one man. Uh, some, some friends of mine have, have been kind of saying right on now, it. and I'm like, dude, they're like, <laughs> oh, agree. yeah, we just. Don't like the ruby grapefruit ones. I'm like, give them all to me. Like, I'll totally drink all those <laughs> things. That's great. 
Yeah, once I saw somebody that I respected drinking one of these without any shame, I was like, okay. Yeah, who was um, that? Yeah, who was um, that so it was my really good friend, Anthony, who plays in a band with my wife. And he was just over at my house one night. We were having a party and he brought some claws, threw them in the cooler. And I was like, yo, what's up with those things, man? And he, uh, I think he gave me a r- ruby grapefruit that night and sold. Yeah. Change your life. White Claw Club. Let's life. go. <laughs> life changing. Ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. All right, so next Brady. Warren, Warren. I also have a Chapman Chapman Crafted Brew here from Zeke. Thank you, Zeke. Really appreciate it. Uh, And I have their uh, Zodiac Aries, and it's a hazy IPA. And uh, I feel like hazy IPAs got, like, a really bad rap when they first came out because, I don't know, the first couple, and I, I, I don't remember exactly which ones they were, I didn't really enjoy this to me tastes just kind of like a really light IPA. And I feel like it's much more drinkable um, than like something that I don't know what like the hazy, like the bitterness of the hazy. I mean, it's already an IPA, but there's something about it again that I think gets a bad rap. And I feel like now people are getting to the point of getting really nice, crisp, hazy um, IPAs and they're not as like hazy. I don't know. It's a very light. I would definitely recommend it to anybody. The Zodiac Aries from Chapman. Chapman Craft Brewery. So shout out to them and shout out to Zeke. Yeah. I have one of those in the fridge. I haven't had that one yet. Um, I am also drinking Chapman. Of course, I'm drinking the Pilsner. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Zeke (laughs) went told me. He was like, hey, I got these Pilsners specifically for Henry. (laughs) that's awesome that's so cool (laughs) yeah i enjoy it it's very good it's definitely on the sweeter side um it's definitely kind of like a cross between a pilsner and a blonde but it's good very refreshing uh it does the thing it tastes like a beer good thing i wasn't there i would have been like oh make sure he gets them and then open them and then pour them down the drain (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. so i I just cracked open one of these uh welcome to citrus which is the same one that robert's drinking over there in uh, square three of the Hollywood squares. Um, and this is really good, man. Definitely notes of dank. Dig it. Yeah, it's tasteful. <laughs> it's light, man. Like So much the, dank. The, the pale ale was, was really light, too. I feel like sometimes pale ales can be pretty heavy, especially out of a tall can, but it's nice. It's like, drinkable. I feel like I could hang out there all day. It's great. Yeah, this one, the the Welcome to Citra, like, I mean, I've had almost a full one, and I'm, like, almost to the point where I'm, like, cool, I'm a little too much for me, but Mm. it's been great so far. Yeah. Well, thank you, Zeke. Thank you, Zeke. I gotta meet Zeke, man. Yeah. Zeke's amazing, man. Yeah, and I mean, while we're on it, Zeke um, delivered these to us. He just happens to be, you know, close enough to do so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, we have had people send us alcohol, which we are saving until we can get into together in a room safely to try those alcohols. But, um, uh, if, if you have something interesting or, uh, you think we really need to try, um, send us a message or, um, you know, or, or deliver or send them to us. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, if if there's something that we haven't had on the podcast that that's really interesting to you. Um, send us a message and if we can find it somewhere local, we'll go grab it and then we can talk about it. And, uh, just, if you have any suggestions, 
feel free to hit us up and let us know um, what you're really into. Yeah. You can find we us on be into it too. Instagram at Robert. <laughs> we'll tell you how wrong you are. Well, I'll definitely tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just kidding. I don't want to discourage anyone from doing that. No, no. Uh, we love when people send stuff, um, and then we love to send people whatever. Like, we'll trade for shirts or CDs or whatever. We like alcohol, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or what Robert said, just let us know what you guys like, and then we'll try to go find it ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows. We're going to have to try some gin at some point for Bruce. Yeah, right. Bruce got to send us some gin. That's fun. What was that? I was singing a song about no one knows how long the social distancing is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, everybody. We can work on we'll sing we'll that every podcast from now on. Steve Majora, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. It's the intro. Just got and, so uh, many ideas over here. Yeah, I think, I think, given the context of that, it's a good segue for me to talk about some music. Let's do it. Yeah. Right? Land so, that uh, Boom. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, today, I would like to talk about a group called Cold Blood. And uh, they were founded by a gentleman, a uh, guitarist by the name of Larry Field in 1968. With uh, basically, their, their star of the show is basically their lead singer, Lydia Pence, who drew comparisons to Janis Joplin. And so uh, Bill Graham had a big part in their getting signed. If you don't know who Bill Graham is, he's basically single-handedly responsible for the development of the Fillmore West uh, specifically, and uh, basically that whole San Francisco scene, you know, the Grateful Dead, uh, even Jimi Hendrix kind of breaking the states, um, Janis Joplin, of course, that sort of scene. And uh, he discovered them and got them a record deal. Um, and so their sound is called East Bay Grease, which is the basically the Bay Area sort of horn-heavy funk rock sound that was made famous by Tower of Power mostly. Yeah. And so they were actually uh, in the same league together. So Tower of Power and Cold Blood kind of, I guess, in some way may have had intermingling members, specifically like horn players. A lot of the Tower of Power uh, horn players played with Cold Blood as well. And uh, the record I'm going to talk about is called First Taste of Sin. It's their third record. It was released in 1972, and it was produced by Donny Hathaway, which I thought was pretty no interesting. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, the, the thing about this band is that you really got to listen to them. Their songs are really long, but they're, like, just super-duper funky. So I kind of had a hard time finding a song that was awesome and also the appropriate length because, like, a lot of their songs are, like, six-plus minutes long, and it's just, like, they're just going it, going, getting it, like, Going hard, and I highly recommend you check out their first four records. Uh, that's what they're most famous for. Um, and yeah, so this song is called My Lady Woman by Cold Blood, 1972.
Yeah, dude. Awesome. That shit was fun. Yeah. <laughs> My oh, I love goodness. it. Awesome. That was so dope, yeah. dude. Wow. Cold blood fucking Good rules, job. dude. They're Holy so shit. rad. <laughs> that shit was so sick. Yeah, definitely horn driven funk mm-hmm. with that that uh, Motown vocal killing. I've never yeah, I've never heard of them before until that song. It's that was yeah. an awesome track. You would love them, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, they're 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 awesome. I would say that's like the top five songs that you've played during your history lesson for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, def- definitely notes of that uh, Tower of Power sound, man. Mm-hmm. Oh god, yeah, they, they're from the same you yeah, know yeah. area and. Uh, so it's a you know it's a, the East Bay grease. That's that's yeah, what man. the sound is called, and it's just man, it's so fucking good. Can't get enough of it. That's incredible. That fire, and you can check out that tune and many many more from Henry's History yep. Lesson playlist. I have a uh, ever growing playlist. Ever growing Henry's playlist. History Lesson playlist. Yeah, and so for uh, for all y'all on Facebook, I just posted that up as a comment. And uh, for those of you on Instagram, I will be posting a link shortly to that. And for all of you listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, uh, just tap the uh, description or the uh, See More button or whatever it's called. And uh, there's a link in the description for you to go and check that out and listen to a bunch of shit that you've never heard of or maybe haven't heard of or know very well and love already, but you're going to love it. Henry's History Lesson Playlist. Yes, yeah, sir. That was, that was a great tune. I really like that. Yeah. Do you have that on vinyl? I do don't. They make vinyl? Can you they find do. that on vinyl? I'm sure it's something I would want. Yeah. Um, I know Adam has a couple of their records on vinyl, and that's how I found out about them. Gotcha. And uh, so, I'll, yeah. I'll hit up Parker and tell him to be on the prowl. Yeah. That's yeah. He's probably... Are you guys still around? Are they still touring? Or in any yeah, they're still doing rendition? stuff, I think. Uh, it's it's nice. not with the original lineup. I think it's still the, the same chick singing, though. That's right. rad. That's yeah, awesome. Lydia Lydia Pence, fucking powerhouse. Yeah. Super, super awesome. Wow. So sick. Yeah. John, have you heard of them before? Never, never. I've heard of Tower Power, um, but yeah, that's news to me, especially how they came up with Bill Graham in San Francisco, like a Bay mm-hmm. Area band. And, you know, just knowing how important and influential Bill Graham was to the music scene during that era, yeah. knowing that they were a part of that uh, just makes me want to dive in even that much more. Yeah. I'm, I am on a kick again. Cause I just, these guys just kind of popped into my brain today. I was like, Oh, I've been wanting to do something on them for a while and just kind of listen through stuff. Cause I don't know their catalog super well. And was just like, Oh my God. Okay. I have to like, just spend like a month just digging <laughs> super deep into this shit. Absolutely. I'm sure it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was, that, that was amazing. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm gonna listen to that whole record. Cold blood, dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, this segue is not good, so I already ruined that. (laughs) So, well, we're just gonna keep going. You you just didn't even try at that. I know. I I just I felt I didn't know. It's like going to shoot a basket and you just fucking throw the ball away. What like, podcast number is this? Yeah, never mind. Forty-seven. <laughs> You'll get. I believe by, in you, Bob. You'll 52. get them one day. Yeah. Oh, by fifty-two, everyone will be good at segways. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to get back to John Lavero here. Yeah. Um, the lead guitar player, lead singer of a band called the Higgs, uh, which we've yes, played multiple shows with. Uh, we've we've done a small run of shows with them. 
Um, and we festivals. always hope to do more. Yeah. Um, but John, I, I was just wondering if you want to give a little, little backstory on yourself uh, when you became a musician, how the Higgs started with you and, and uh, just some history on, on who you are as a musician. Uh, Cause I think that's interesting. I would love to hear. And I think everyone else would. Okay, sure. First of all, I want to congratulate you guys on your new record. Sounds fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. Thank, um, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And why does Steve get to wear a gray shirt, but you all have to wear black t-shirts? What's the deal with that? It's because he always <laughs> wears black, so we always try to yeah. match him. And then today he just decided against it. Well, my Steve <laughs> calls you guys up. He's like, okay, everyone has to wear black tonight. And then he's like throwing on the gray shirt. Like, I have no say <laughs> in what we wear. That is not, That's so that funny. That should never be my job. I have the worst fashion sense of all time. <laughs> No, I, I had a black uh, shirt on earlier, but it was it was getting a little pity, so I uh, I changed it out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. No, I'm a black t-shirt guy too. I get it. It's like you, there's so many decisions to be made if you have a closet full of colorful yeah. shirts, button downs, things like that. Uh, but if you just have black t-shirts, yeah. it just makes life so easy. There's not a lot of thought that goes into it before the gig. No, I, wish, I wish you could just yeah. say that out loud more when everyone <laughs> says, oh, black t-shirt, huh? My, my accent yeah, piece you know, is, uh, is, is always hey, the Robert, Some people behind, can pull it know? off and some people can't, though. That's the thing, bud. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but seriously, you guys are the shit. But good um, job on the gray. I'm going to give you a high five I, through the screen here. <laughs> I, I have, um, I started music when I was, it was too late. You know, I was probably like 12 when I got into music and I wish that it was like four or six or something like that. Isn't but it funny that, got, <laughs> like when you feel like that, I started music around 12 too, or playing drums around 12. And I met all these people, you know, when I was in college that like, oh, I've been playing drums since I was three and I can hold a pair of drumsticks. I'm like, great. So I'm already behind. <laughs> well, when you're in your early 20s and you get to watch videos of kids like Taz online, it's like, what am oh, I yeah. doing with my life? You know, so there's the prodigies <laughs> that just kind of like set this tone, you know, and I'm tone deaf to that. So what, what I got into was like playing drums at the age of 12. And it was because my pops was into music. He was a professional photographer. He shot for Sports Illustrated, was the team photographer for the Angels, Mighty Ducks. Nice. Oh, so nice. he's a really creative dude. And uh, my life growing up was like waking up at like two in the morning to get some water. And my dad's up looking at slides in like a well-lit room, like going through his edits from the day. So I grew up in uh, kind of a different type of household where it wasn't your typical nine to five. And um, I was around with creative types a lot. And so my dad got into drumming. It was nothing serious. It was more of like a hobby, kind of like kill time kind of thing. And it was, uh, I don't even know if they sell these anymore, but do you remember those drum pads that were like an all-in-one drum kit? And you could like pick the whole thing up and put it on a table. It was probably maybe like yay big and it had pad here for digital. Exactly. Totally Dude, digital. Like, and cheesy yeah. little foot pedals and everything that were maybe like this big. And so he grabbed one of those and threw it in. Uh, the workout room that we had at the house and he would just go to town on that thing. And he was going through shit with like chemo. He had lung and brain cancer at the time. So oh, this was like kind of his outlet to put, get relieve the stress of a day's worth of dealing with cancer. And he got my brother and I into it. In fact, when he got diagnosed, he was like, you guys need to get into this too. We're going to guitar center right now and I'm getting you a drum kit and I'm getting you 
a guitar and an amp, you being my brother. So I started jamming with my brother when he was 10 and I was about 12 in the garage, drums and guitar, just banging it out, you know, uh, what Blink-182, Sublime, Classic Rock, oh, yeah. you know, all the goods, <laughs> all the goods. Um, but, you know, early in my playing career, I started moseying over to the guitar area, started turning knobs, picking that thing up and immediately noticed I was more of a guitar player. And that's what I was more passionate about. So I started playing more guitar, made some buddies like uh, my good friend, Dustin Brown and Zach Partain. And we started a band uh, after this was after I started like other bands when I was younger, just like, this was like the first real thing where like we had people come to our house for shows and we played decent music and it was a straight up jam band. And I was a freshman in high school, I believe. And then by the time I got into senior year of high school, I was playing more and I was covering like the dead and things like that for battle of the bands winning battle of the bands, which was fantastic. Um, super fun. Super, wow. super fun. Bravo. We didn't deserve it. You the, won. the second song was like jamming a, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. So we, yeah, we won and, that's probably where my, uh, I don't know. That's kind of where it all started for me. It all kind of percolated in high school. And I, I went to see a lot of shows and a couple of memorable shows for me that really set me up as a musician was going to see Phil Lesh and friends <clears throat> and fish. And I saw fish before I saw Phil, I saw fish in, at the forum in 03. And that was phenomenal. I've been listening to Fish for a while before that. And I didn't understand the concept of a jam band at all because I'd been listening to nothing but studio albums. So to me, I was just listening to this band that had weird lyrics and like trippy chord changes and these amazing classical compositional parts and all this stuff. I had no idea what a jam band was. And then I, my buddy's like, let's go to the forum and see them. And this is 2003, uh, Valentine's Day. And I go and I see these songs that I've fallen in love with just go, whoop. Yeah. and expand right before my eyes and go to these places that I'd never heard before. And it kind of like, that was like me dipping my toes into it. But then a couple of years later, I went to see Phil and friends with Jimmy Herring and Jeff Sipe oh, and Rob Barocco. Um, this was no joke. Joan Osborne yeah. singing. And so like the, the musicianship that was in front of me and the songs that they were performing were next level. And I uh, met a buddy who gave me a couple little uh, drops of something on my hand and I licked it off. And my life changed forever. That was it. <laughs> that night, I also saw Widespread Panic, and I saw Fiona Apple and things like that. But nice. seeing those shows like uh, Fish and Phil Lesh kind of like spun me off into the direction that I'm in now and kind of what I still am focusing on today is to try to achieve something similar to what they were achieving in those shows. But yeah, there's a, that's just a little tidbit of an intro to why I do what I do. Nice. Oh, did, yeah. it, did it come full circle for you? Maybe not completely first full circle, but you um, you played somewhere. Didn't you play like Phil Lesh's club? And Phil Lesh was like in the audience watching you guys as the Higgs play. Like was yeah. that was that? How did that moment go in in your head, being on stage and seeing Phil Lesh just watch you do what you do? Well, I was nervous for sure because uh, you literally it was sound check and nobody was there yet right so you know what a sound check energy yeah, is like yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's dry there's barely anyone in the room Phil's sitting down to have his steak dinner in his establishment and some scrappy band is like throwing their gear on stage like stumbling to plug their cables in and all of a sudden we're literally playing sound check in front of Phil and I felt like that was almost like kind of the 
the starting point for me in a way. It was like I'd gone through all of this to get to that point, but right there it was like, okay, now this is the beginning of this next chapter. Mm. Um, I want to be the future of the jam band scene. I want to be a part of that ride. So if that was the beginning of that, that, that's probably the point where I could say we started becoming a part of that. So it was, it was almost like full circle, but then being born again. It was like a reincarnation of sorts. That's awesome. That's right. Did you get a chat with him at all? No, uh, I didn't want to because I'm, I'm the worst at that. Dude, I was in Portland. I love the drive-by truckers so much. And I'm walking down Portland. I mean, you guys know, yeah. us as people in bands, we like to get good food because we mm -hmm. sit in a car for eight hours. And then we're <laughs> like, we want to enjoy ourselves for like the hour or two before sound check when we're like locked in the green room and all that. Yeah. So I was going like walking down the street. I heard that this place in Portland had like the best Korean fried chicken. And it did. And I'm on my way to go get it. <laughs> and I'm with Barsky. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Patterson Hood right there eating dinner with his family. And I'm like walking by and Barsky's like, dude, you got to say hi to him when we walk back. And I'm like, okay. But I was weirded out. I was like, dude, I probably shouldn't because he's like enjoying himself with his family and this and that. And then we're walking back after we got the cream bar or the, not the cream barbecue, the cream fried chicken. He's still sitting there with his family. I turn, I make a 90 degree turn to say something to him and immediately go <gasps> and freak out and then just start, <laughs> keep walking. That's as best I could do. Like seeing an idol of mine. I didn't, yeah. I felt so intrusive and I felt like I didn't want to invade his space. And that's the exact same way I felt before uh, playing at Phil's place. And when I saw Phil yeah. uh, and Barsky actually went up to Phil and was like, dude, I love you. You're my, you're my guy. I've been like playing bass because of you and this and that. And he looked at Barsky and goes, well, why aren't you on stage then? So I was like, I'm so thankful. I didn't say what's up to Phil. Cause he probably would have been like the same to me, like get up there, do your thing, man. Like, what are you yeah. doing talking to me? That's awesome. Yeah. What a great response. Yeah. <laughs> Go get it. And yeah. I, well, that's funny too, because I remember a long time ago, I think Chris Robinson uh, brotherhood was playing somewhere in LA and we were both at the show and you texted, like you were there early or something. And you texted me just a picture with him. Cause you sure. guys like we're, we're smoking something before the show. And I was just like, Oh, if only I would have gotten there like an hour earlier or something like that. <laughs> but, but you went up to Chris, right. And, or, or at least you had a conversation with him. I've spoken to Chris. Um, there's, there's situations when it feels right. You know, like oh, course, when you absolutely. don't feel like you're like walking up to the person for the sake of being like, Oh, I'm a fanboy. I want to tell you how much I love you. But some yeah. situations, like you know how it is, like you guys yeah. play these festivals and things like that, where like there's more opportunity. Maybe you know somebody who knows somebody that you're already yeah. talking to him and then he's already there in the conversation with you. Things like that, I feel way more comfortable with approaching yeah. my idols. Like a guy like Neil Casal, who I was a huge fan of. I got to meet him in a few a few times in that way, like being backstage mm -hmm. at Skull and Roses, for example. And he ended up just standing right next to me while O'Teal was playing. And we were watching O'Teal perform together. And then, you know, it's just an easy way to strike up a conversation with somebody uh, different than walking up to them in the middle of Portland when they're dining with their young daughter and their of wife. Of course. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's been moments where I've had the opportunity to meet some of my biggest idols for sure. That's rad. And you've also gotten to, uh, you've also gotten a tour and play with a decent chunk of the, the, you know, the, the jam band circuit of bands that's going on right now, which is pretty amazing for, you know, what your trajectory of, of the Higgs and everything. 
Yeah, man. Like um, to some notable ones, like we've played with Spafford, done some runs with them. We did some shows with Twiddle recently. Um, Melvin Seals from Jerry Garcia Band has sat in with us. We've played multiple shows with him, um, like on the same bill. We've had, uh, man, the opportunity to open. We were going to open for this band called Aqueous. That's a phenomenal band out of Buffalo, New York. But COVID cut that off. Um, But a couple others, we've done after parties for CRB. That was one of the highlights of my career, if not the highlight of my career. Because have you guys played at the Crystal Bay Club up there in Tahoe? Nope. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this place is like a hippie jam band hub, and it's a casino. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. It's the dark and the light, if you will. But they have two venues <laughs> like in the in the, yeah, in the casino. So they have like a big room where the big bands play, where we've actually played open for Spafford in that room. But then they have this other room called the Red Room, which is a little smaller, more of like a bar club type feel. CRB played their gig. And if you're familiar with the band um, Circles Around the Sun, Neil Casal and Adam McDougal from CRB started that group. They moseyed on over to our show and they were like in the dance floor. And I was like, oh, this is the moment that we go into a cat song. So we like went into a cat song. And like I looked out in the crowd and I saw Adam just like, <laughs> no way and then literally Neil was like dancing in the crowd with a slice of pizza just like grooving like yeah they're playing our music da, da, da. and like I actually got to talk to both of them after the fact and they were both super cool and like, like nice. oh that was you like dude we've never been covered before that was awesome yeah, like yeah, they were so stoked cool. as hell on it and like to hear that was just that was cool that's awesome yeah yeah and I feel, like I feel like that the, that that whole jam band circuit or that genre, you know, I mean, I feel like is you have to be in it to know who Twiddle is or uh, what's the what's the pigeons playing ping pong. You have to like kind of be into that circuit to know these bands, because if you're if you don't if you don't, it's kind of like that thing. If you don't know, like you're you don't know what, you know, you, you have to be immersed into that that jam band scene to know this Spafford and, and Twiddle and, and, you know, those bands that you're talking about, 100%. which is a. Uh, really interesting because those bands are on tour all the time. They're playing all over the place and you're playing with them and selling you know. out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big great. market. These are doing great. And like, yeah, like you're saying, they're flying under the radar of like Rolling Stone and like a lot of these yeah. outlets and things like that. Um, but what I can say is people know the big guys, people know the fish and the mm-hmm. Grateful Dead. And even like you might, I'd say eight out of 10 people will know who string cheese incident is. Yeah. Know? Same thing with like, like widespread. widespread panic. And you know, like then we get into like the tears of the jam band scene and that that's where it all starts. You know, you have fish and grateful dead just owning the top tier. And then you start to break off with like the widespreads and the unfreeze McGee's. And then you get into like some of the more obscure, smaller bands and they like all the really, are, yeah. Down at the very bottom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they all kind of feed off of each other. And there's all a very similar idea and energy that goes into the music, regardless mm-hmm. of how the music sounds. One band can sound like a reggae band. The other band can sound like a hip-hop band. The next band can sound like a dubstep band. And um, it's all going to fit in this scene of people who enjoy this similar setting, if you will. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting because... I'm not in that scene as much as, you know, you are, you know, so I, I find it interesting to know all these different bands that you're t- 
touring around with. And then I have to go look up who Spafford is, you know, I'm like, what sure. the things are going on through a Spafford. I don't know what that means. So then yeah. I go look at him up. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like these guys are killing it right now, but I had never heard of them before until you guys were on tour with them, you know? And it's just, it's, you have to kind of be into that scene and into, into that thing, which I just think is, you know, I mean, it's the same thing for every genre I'm guessing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> There's probably a tons of, Bands in every genre I've never heard of in my life, but until you've heard uh, even mainstream, it's like I don't know who the top fifty artists right now are, you know. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't because they're on the internet and they have their echo chamber of their musicians Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. like to listen to, and that's about it. I'm sorry, Um, Steve, I cut you off. Oh no, no, I I was just gonna say, like, until you've heard of any band, like I know Post Malone's killing it right now, but I don't think I've ever heard any of his music. I just we heard that one song with Ozzy. (laughs) Which one? That's not very um, good. I I don't think I paid attention for that, or maybe I was watching something in the van. But yeah, that's no, when we it's, heard it. It's uh, it's it's interesting, man, because like when you find something, and that's what that's one of the. There's so many things that I'm not stoked on about like the streaming services and stuff, but like the uh, you know, for artists who like or for listeners who also like these bands and this that and the other, like I'll go down that rabbit hole, man. I love doing that and just be like, hey, like I'm listening to a, you know, Mark Broussard song and then like next thing you know, I'm onto this artist or that artist or the other one or, you know, just start a radio station or something, you know, on Spotify and be like, oh, this is this or Pandora or whatever back in the day. It was really cool to just be like, oh, fuck, like, I don't know who these people are, but this song's rad. So let me save that and go check that out later, maybe, you know. A lot of the bands that we play festivals with and stuff that like I've I've got such a weird background in music, um, and so like I didn't even hear Zeppelin really until like probably one of our first tours with Robert John and the Wreck where like we actually like wow. listened through one of those records and I'm like I've never heard any of this stuff before like I oh I know that riff you know you played <laughs> you played that during soundcheck for the last six months you know like <laughs> but. It's cool, man. Like, cause when once you find that thing that you like and you start going down that rabbit hole, man, like it's just leads to more amazing shit. It's cool, and then it doesn't really matter like how big those bands were, because if you like something, you like something, and that organic, you know, reach of stuff. Like, there's people I've seen it at at, uh, at music festivals or like done lights for at music festivals and stuff at Joshua Tree. They're like, I'm like, oh, dude, like the Sierra Leone Refugee All Stars, like they're amazing and i would have never heard of him if i wasn't running lights for that festival you know all those years ago or break a strip from new york or something like this you know 12 piece funk band like woo, so fun absolutely it's like why 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 do we get into these bands it's because i think they're healing us in a certain way absolutely we have things in our life that we deal with and we are comforted by this music and it uh, it will also bring us to places of bliss that we've never experienced before yeah. and places of sadness, emotion of all ranges. And to be healed by a band is something very important. And it's something that you'll keep with you for a long time. So if you felt that, which I know all of us have as humans, uh, it's why bands are so important to us is because of that healing factor. Yeah. The music speaks yeah. to your soul, bro. It really does. It, it really does. You know, and I felt that last Sunday. I'm sure you did at the Wayfair too. When yeah, you man. Very recently. 
Yeah, and I mean, just like adapting to everything. We did a live stream this morning, and uh, I'm sure you know from playing live streams, like when when you're done, it's kind of just like quiet, and there's this kind of like almost like stumbling, like, well, we just finished the song, and it doesn't really matter if you just crushed it because there's no like feedback. And yeah. you know, live streams are cool and they do what they do, but it's like, especially for people who don't play music, like that that energy is such a necessity for both people that like, again, it's nice to try to get by and do these live streams and stuff. But like you said, like even just getting to play, like in, in, in the back of like the Wayfair with what they have going on and for, you know, a handful of people and every single person there is probably just so passionate to be like, so thankful to be back the audience and the fans that like that energy again is probably just insane, almost better than energy you would get previous before COVID when like, you know, may like, like again, like we'll play like the Marine room and you know, it's a, a one once a month gig and we get fans who go, but you get a lot of people who are there just kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, we're just here to, to be here. And like, now that music is slowly starting to trickle back, I hope that appreciation is like, Oh yeah. Oh, like I think it'll be felt by everybody. I mean, like the fans, the people who work there, you know, the band, it's like, hopefully when everything goes back to normal, that just like explosion of, uh, I don't know, like appreciation yeah. is there. And yeah, you can't replicate that shit. Last, uh, last Thursday, Henry and I played another one of the, uh, the drive-in concerts at the camp here in Costa Mesa. And that was awesome, man. Like even just, I've, I hate the yeah, sound of fun. horns honking, man, like normally, mm-hmm. But that's everybody's in their cars, so they just honk their horn at the end of the song. Like, <laughs> like that feeling funny. of like just they're moving air back in our direction. They're like, here's here's some more of that back, like so you can give us more. And it's that that energy exchange, you know, is just is beautiful, man. Like, yeah, you can't so beautiful. You can't you can't touch it with you know anything else, man. It's incredible. No, and you nailed it, Warren. Like these live streams have been great. And they've been helping to keep the community together and keep yeah. bands in touch with their fans and things like that. But there's nothing like a live show and there mm-hmm. never will be. Nope. And it's, you start to think like you start to put so much weight when we were rewind like a year ago to when we were in this jaded like, oh, we just do this <laughs> and this is just happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like all of a sudden you recognize like, oh, maybe like the production value is not that important. And like all this other stuff that you put so much weight into that, that, that does help increase and upgrade the show value. But when it comes down to it, it's about the people. It's about the band and it's about the people that enjoy the band. And that coming together is what it's all about. You, yeah. know? you mm-hmm. can have the greatest band in the smallest venue with just a few people and the energy is just going to be through the roof. So yeah. it's just this whole thing has made me rethink pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which again, which is a, a, a blessing. It's, it's a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. It's a really dark time, but like, I, I'm, I'm positive that there is positivity coming out of this and like a time to reflect on this stuff is invaluable and we'll never get a chance to do this ever again. So we might as well learn all these lessons and go back with a much higher appreciation and love for everything it is a really really wonderful silver lining there yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so i have a question for john 
as a fellow lead guitarist person, um, you have a beautiful <laughs> guitar. Whatever that. You want me to grab I, it? What is that thing? What is that thing? Yeah, yeah. I want. I want to hear about that. I, Make a run and grab it real quick. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, I'm stoked. <laughs> and as we uh, as we wait for John to get back, I just want to say, uh, um, Bruce just said the last time he saw live music was us on the Blues Cruise in February, and uh, it's been a while since I've even thought about that cruise, only because mm-hmm. yeah. there's been a lot more things to think about and yeah. dealing with. But he mentioned that. <clears throat> that last final set we had when the boat was rocking and we couldn't yeah. even like stand on stage <laughs> with we Hannah and, and Hannah. Yeah. It was just a really great time. And, uh, thank you, Bruce, for bringing that up because it's yeah. just uh, a wonderful memory. Man. It's really great to, to, you know, think about that again after not thinking about it for a yeah. while and then how, how fun and wild that, that last set we had was. Oh yeah. me, and, um, me and Bob Fritzman were just back there on the keyboard, yeah. just like with our backs together, man. It was like a Forrest Gump moment where like, yeah, we put our backs together. We won't have to sleep with our faces in the mud. <laughs> I remember just, tr- just, just trying to Balancing like stand still out. enough to like sing into a mic. And like, I remember like the beginning of old friend, like the boat yeah. rocked and I was yeah. like, Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get back it's to like that those guitar. stages that bounce, and then the mic is <clears throat> bouncing with the yeah. stage. That's the craziest. <laughs> no You're good. like, I'm okay. into this, but the <laughs> yeah. <but> okay. <laughs> God damn, <laughs> that is beautiful. Is it a Les Paul? Dude, that thing is insane. Is it, is it a Les Paul? So I don't know. John, you're gonna have to describe it? it, and you're gonna have to describe how it looks and stuff like that. Yeah, it has F holes in it. It looks like a golf top. Go ahead, go ahead. You know it way better than I do, and you can describe it way better than I do. So no, you're you're on it. Yeah. So a lot of people are listening to this. Um, this guitar is. It looks like a Les Paul in the body, but it has f holes, two f holes, um, and it also has this mother of pearl lining around. Oh, basically oh, wow. like the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not only there, but I've never seen this on a guitar. But it has it right oh. there on the neck on oh, both sides cool. as That's well. Cool. Oh, wow. Super gorgeous. And it almost came Damn. out like tie-dye after he finished it. What? Wow. Um, that is yeah, awesome. it's, the look of it is phenomenal. Okay, and this stone right here, I bought this for my wife at Northwest String Summit. It's a festival that uh, like Yonder Mountain String Band puts on with like Railroad Earth and a bunch of other bluegrass jam bands. And I bought this for her before we got married. And it was bigger. It was about twice the size when I bought it for her. It's watermelon tourmaline. And what they did behind my back, the luthier of this guitar and my wife went to a jeweler, had it sliced in half. She had half of it wrapped on a necklace so she can come to my shows and wear it at the shows. And the other half is right here. And then there's a mirror behind it. So it beams light back out so like when the light show hits the guitar yes. it has like this epic reflection it's so, so it's sick. So cool. um but yeah so and it has a uh, like really cool inlays on the the fretboard as well it's just honestly like one of the best feeling guitars i've ever played with one of the best sounding guitars it has a built-in preamp so kind of like going for the jerry thing okay has, like, the preamp on the guitar it has tapped cool. coils so i can go single coil yeah, yeah. humbucker on oh, both nice. of them if i need to um which uh, actually Gibson is starting to implement into their guitars uh, as well. So like mm-hmm. these new Gibsons that you can get have tapped coils as well. Yeah, but a lot yeah, of the, higher end stuff. Yeah, and I actually have one of those also. It's crazy, man. Right. If you open up this thing, 
it looks like a computer on the inside of the new Les Pauls. It's wild. Like where this yeah. is all like point uh-huh. to point. Like, yeah, the, the Les Pauls are very they strange. Use the printed circuit boards. Like I, I have a Les Paul and it came with that where the pots are. It came, it was like a printed circuit board. And so when I, when I finally bought new pots for it, I like cut all that shit out and put, you know, got, I had to take it to a luthier to get it wired properly, but. Sure. And, and so that is a bolt-on neck, I see. It is. Bolt-on. Is it, is it semi-hollow or fully hollow? It's fully hollow. And fully then hollow. after the fact, there was a brace put in the middle. Okay. And that's, from what I've heard from the luthier, and I'm probably going to mess this up, that it helps with sustain. Okay. So, like, right down the middle of this thing is a brace. But oh, completely okay. hollow. Completely so there's hollow. No, other there's not that. even, like, a small tone block or anything. It's just all totally hollow. I just heard brace. That's all okay. I know. Brace down the middle. Um, and I've seen some of the other stuff that he builds. And just just right off the gate, this is one of my dearest friends, one of the, mm-hmm. my greatest friends. And he wants to remain anonymous. But he built this guitar um, in basically uh, in remembrance of my dad, who I told you had cancer when I was 12 and passed away when I was 16. My dad called me The Natural because I played baseball. And that was his nickname for me when I played The Natural. So... My friend, the luthier, who wants to remain anonymous, named this guitar the natural. And it's one completely one of a kind. Uh, the most phenomenal thing I've ever played or heard wow. mm-hmm. in my life. I'm just like looks amazing. completely in love. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, can, you tell, can you tell us answer. where it was made? Was it made here in Southern California? Southern California. Yeah, Southern California. Nice. And uh, it was made – a lot of these parts that he uses are recycled. And it's super tastefully – uh, relict, if you will, like to the point where you won't even really be able to tell through a 720p uh, iMac c- uh, c- camera. But uh, if you looked at it, you'd see a couple little nicks and things and like the checking on the wood, which you can't really see yeah. actually in the video. But there's a lot of things going on, very subtle details of like where he did something. He pounded it or something with a screwdriver or whatever. But it, it kind of takes away that first, like, ah, I dented it, oh, feeling. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it's already a little beat up for me. Which is yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's was, the worst. Was project. that guitar made for, made for you, you knowing that it was being made for you? It was no, a complete dude. surprise? Wow. Complete surprise. I wow. Was, wow. Dude, I, I was um, at the Miracle Theater. We were doing these after parties for Dead & Company that were just phenomenal in this big, like, 400-seater theater and I'm like, they're doing sound check. And my friend walks in and is just like, actually, I was backstage. He put it on my guitar stand and I walked out to do sound check and my strat was gone and that was sitting there. And I was like, Damn. holy shit, what is that? And I look out and my friend is sitting in the seats with my wife and like his whole family and was like, John, like I have this gift for you. Like, and told me this whole backstory of the guitar. That's and I was, awesome. Uh, I couldn't stop saying... Uh, I couldn't stop cursing. I'm not going to say it here, but I just cursed and cursed and cursed and cursed in the best way possible. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you yeah, can do it if you cool. want to here. <clears throat> okay. So I oh, was like, <laughs> no fucking way. Over and over and over again. Wow. That's incredible. That's an amazing so, story. Man. What, what, what pickups are in that? I believe it's 59 Seymour Duncan 59. Okay, cool. Sweet. Nice. So it has like that, it has that Gibson feel, like that vintage Gibson look and everything, but the hollow body makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. also the tapped coils make a big difference. And also yeah. the preamp makes a world of difference. That just I sounds crazy. Like, 
Dude, you would do. Have you ever played like any sort of active guitar before? No. I never thought I would like it. I always thought it was for yeah. metalheads and things like that. But right. it turns out Jerry did it, you know, right. and like it's so, so awesome. It's so, so what much is your Oh, I'm sorry. What is your preamp, dude? Is it is it a boost or DB boost? That's DB like boost. about all it is. And is it and is it attached to a pot or do you just click it on or always on? And it's in the guitar, and there's a battery hooked up to it. Oh, okay. As long as you don't leave it plugged in, the thing's supposed to last for years. Wow. Battery. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Which is great. So I don't have to worry about switching it out all the time. But yeah, it's it, you notice it right away. Like if you take a guitar that's just got straight up non-active pickups in it, um, it just it doesn't have the same gain and the same mm-hmm. dB coming out of it. So you have to kind of reset everything up. And I've been all about like redoing my settings and how I set up my amp and things lately. And I've been all about like using my knobs for once. I never rolled off my tone or did any of that. I was always just like, let's go and then adjust things on the board and then adjust things on the amp. But now I've completely flipped that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. roll the volume off, find the tone on the pedals, Mm -hmm. find the tone on the amp. And then Mm -hmm. if you need a little extra, roll it up a little bit. So this guitar's made me rethink how to set up my rig really. Yeah. Yep. You had a really cool video I, I saw, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, just about tone and stuff. I think you posted, I think I saw it on your Instagram page. Um, but, dude, that was awesome, man, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a keyboard player, so I'm always sitting there at about 50% is, you know, so that I can cut and boost and stuff where I need to. And depending on what I'm using for an amp or speaker or whatever is going to, you know, that's going to alter the tone coming out and going through the pedals or whatever. Uh, but it was really cool, like, hearing you talk about the tone and, like, just different ways of achieving what you wanted to do, man. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, cool, man. And, yeah, yeah I think uh, keyboard players can take a lot from those types of things. Are you playing through any uh, – are you doing all, like, solid state or all through the PA pretty much when you play? Or do you have an amp? For the most uh, part, yeah. I've, I've been running through uh, just the QSC K10 lately because sure. I, I have all my sounds and all my effect controls and stuff uh, through – through the the Nord itself, and then I've been for organ. I've been running through the uh, uh, ventilator. Okay, pedal. I've heard really good things about this. Stevie Keys amazing, told me about that. Oh, Stevie Keys, dude. Yeah. dude. yeah, that that thing's incredible, man. But like, if you don't have a Leslie, like that's the best yeah. pedal, right? But also, yeah. like, it's because you're running out of your keyboard into the pedal. However much signal you're sending to the pedal is going to distort it or you know, clean it up sure. a little bit, which is really nice because then I also have a volume pedal, you know, there to be able to adjust the level going to the speaker. So it's like, I have my gain knob now, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely super fun, man. Hank, what do you play through on stage? Okay. So I have, I, I'm one of those two amp guys. I have to play through two amps. I just, I started doing it and I just, it just was never the same way. So right now what I do is I have this awesome, uh, black star amp. Uh, it's a studio 10. How many uh, watts is it? It's 10 watts. 10 watts. 10 watts. Cause yeah. I mean, this, the venues we play, it's like, there's no, I don't need anything louder than that. Really. I mean, I just, there's just no need for it because I mean, I'll turn that thing up and I still get asked to turn down. It's like, okay, well, I'm glad I got a 10-watt amp and not a 50-watt amp because I want to be able to get the tubes working. You know, I want to be able to get the – I, I kind of depend on – I don't use like a clean 
format or anything. I definitely use like a blend of everything in my signal chain. So I use that. And then I have this awesome uh, Music Man uh, 110 RD 50 watt that I run. I run those just in dual mono. I have an ABY switcher that Orange makes that I just run into both of those. And uh, yeah, I just, I dial in a little bit of gain, like kind of edge or breakup thing. And then um, I'm really into the, the Wampler Tumnus, the Klon clone is like a preamp pedal, basically. I had Warren's Klon on my pedal board for like a, a year or two. And I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. So I went and bought a $60 soul food. So I didn't spill beer on like a $4,000 yeah. that I didn't own. I dude. Was like, dude, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. We did a, we did a shoot oh, right. at, yeah. at the studio, his Tumnus mm. versus the Klon. And I picked, I picked the Tumnus. <laughs> I was like, wow. This, dude, it's insane. Just like, yeah. And I mean, the Klon, for anybody who doesn't know, is like the holy grail of guitar. Uh, it's overdrive, overdrive right? Yeah. Yeah. Overdrive Not a, yeah. And uh, it's legendary. Like on, on reverb right now. It's yes. like insane. And Henry's got this other pedal that replicates it down to a T. And what, that's like 150 bucks? It was 150 bucks. And <laughs> then I, bought a, I, I liked it so much, I bought another one. So I use one as always on, and I use the other one as a, as a solo boost. <laughs> there you go, dude. Yeah. I have the Archer, and it's, it's supposed to be yeah. a clone clone as well. Yeah, and for 5% yeah. of the price, I'd say it yeah. sounds pretty oh, yeah. darn good. Yeah. Is, that, is that that red one? It's Turn actually around? gold, and it has gold? like a... Like an archer guy, like oh, okay, setting okay. up. It's pretty. Yeah, you'd notice it if you saw it. That's uh, yeah. Rocket, right? J Rocket or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. They What's make that? two different colors, I think, and I have the gold one. It's great. Okay, yeah, it sounds mm -hmm. awesome. And I, I try to use it like one. true to the Klon style, where mm -hmm. got the gain rolled off, and I got the brightness up because I also have mm -hmm. uh, uh, Analog Man modded um, TS9, which is okay, awesome. And then I have nice. a King of Tone. So, like, okay. honestly, yeah. I <laughs> like, dude, like, I rarely use that TS9 because the King of Tone is yeah. just tone. Like, I've so never tried one of those, but it sounds like. Just, I don't know, from everything I've heard, it sounds pretty insane. I definitely have to give one a shot sometime. To me, it's more useful than the Klon if you're like a Fender amp guy because the oh, Fenders I are see. so bright <clears throat> mm -hmm. that um, you kind of almost don't need that like mid-treble boost that you will get. You'll get that lift from like a Klon-style pedal. I but see. if you're using, using that King of Tone, you're going to get more of like mid and low-end mm -hmm. boost. And it's kind of makes your sound a little more juicy, especially if you're like strat into a twin reverb. Yeah. Helps things a little bit. Yeah, so I'm like the opposite. I'm SG into because the the black star that I have is a Marshall clone, basically. It's a, sure. it's a it has an EL34 tube, but the the music band's like a it's like a mini super reverb, basically. So I kind of am trying to rock the best of both worlds because I love both. Something that both of them have that kind of provide that having them work together. I don't know. There's something in it that I really dig about it. I dig it, dude. And it's always getting tweaked around, you know. I, I feel like you're probably the same way where you're just constantly like, I play one day and I'm like, oh, that's, this is the best tone I've ever had ever. And then the next day I go like, I want to throw all this shit in the garbage. Like, this is the worst <laughs> tone I've ever heard in my entire life. This feels so bad. I get super used to my stuff. I'm more of like a, just like know what I have kind of yeah. player. But I, I'm, I'm the same way though, where a lot of times, like right now I'm adding in different pedals that I've are new and I'm going through that rip everything off the pedal board, reorganize everything, plug everything back in. It has its fun parts. And then it has its moments of like, 
why is no noise coming out of my amp right now? What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm ready for them to just make everything sound really good in a multi-effects processor right into the <laughs> right. soundboard. I know. Yeah. Come on, Kemper, step up your yeah, game. Let's go. Off, Put right into the soundboard, no amps. Dude, that's how they do it in like the no big amps. leagues. Dude, who's, oh, the yeah. guy, who's the guy that does the premiere guitar? Um, Reviews John like where he goes on John stage, Bollinger? John Bollinger. Okay, so I'm backstage. I met him. <laughs> okay, so I'm backstage at this huge country music festival that my girlfriend was playing, or my girlfriend at the time, wife now was playing at, and she was backstage doing her thing. I was hanging out, smoking weed, do do do. And John Bollinger walks up like, "Hey, dudes, do you have any like edibles or anything like that?" And like we were like, "No, but I got this, man." And Next thing I know, we're getting into like a gear talk because, of course, yeah. you're going to meet John Bolger. Oh, yeah. You're going to talk here. Yes. And I'm like, so what What vintage guitar and vintage amp setup do you have today? And he's like, oh, I'm running Kemper straight into the board with in-ear monitors. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Yeah, the guy who goes to like all the shows. Me? Here, no, dude. I may, I, sorry, John, if I'm like releasing the, oh the trees. Oh, my He's listening to our podcast oh. right now. Yeah, yeah. He's, still, he's like, what the fuck, dude? Told you that in confidence. <laughs> it's pretty crazy because, like, I've been watching those videos as long as I've been playing guitar, you know? Like, like, and I've always watched John Bollinger do the rig rundown with people. So he was on this cruise we did last February. Like, he was on the ship. And I kept looking at it. I was like, dude, that's John Bollinger. And then just randomly, we're on the beach in the Bahamas. And these guys are all hanging out. So I'm like, okay, I got to go bug John Bollinger and talk about gear with him. And it was the same thing. He just talked about whatever, just all kinds of random, stupid, nerdy guitar gear shit for like an hour. <laughs> I didn't know who it was, so it made it really easy. You know how you're I talking about like people being approachable and stuff mm -hmm. like that? The only person who knew that, who they were was Henry. Yeah, but we were all just there like the best way to just like, Yeah, hey guys, what's going on? You were just like hanging out on the beach and... Oh. We were just all getting a bunch of beers from the bar. We're like, hey, do you guys want some beers? Like, I, I don't even think we knew who they were. Maybe oh, we knew who they were. And, that was one of the guys that we were, were talking about. I knew who all three of those guys were. <laughs> yeah, I, I just recognized John. But we were talking to the other two. The the tattooed guy, I think, was from somewhere in Southern California. That's what we were talking to. Was Matt or something like that? Yeah, I think it's Matt and Chris are the other two guys. I'm yeah, not 100% sure. sure about that. but Yeah, I, I just thought they were, like, on the cruise. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they were hanging out with the two cruise people that we were just like hanging out and swimming with and eating jerk chicken, and we yeah. just hung out with everyone like the same. Yeah. Which kind of speaks to us. We're like, we yeah. don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, we're just trying to find the beach and go swimming. But yeah, it was fun. Shout out to uh, to Denise for uh, giving us some of her jerk chicken. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good that stuff. A, that was such a fun hang, man. Oh my god, dude! Warren, Warren and I went and uh, <laughs> we went and swam out to the. They had this whole like little play island out there with like a, like a slide and trampoline and shit. And I guess you had to like pay for it. But Warren and I just fucking swam like three hundred yards out <laughs> into the sea and just went and tried to climb up on it. And of course, Warren gets up and my fat ass is like struggling to get past <laughs> the second run. And stuff, and then some guy on a jet ski comes over and is like, You can't be here. Like, yeah, some guy, no, he kayaks up. He's like, You guys gotta fuck <laughs> off. And I'm like, Okay, and he jumped off it. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, That's fun. Oh, anyway, I think one thing that we didn't bring up yet, uh, getting back to all that tone stuff, 
John, yes. you just started doing your podcast Actualized, right? And uh, yeah. the last one you touched on a lot of guitar tones. And I feel like if people like our podcast, they definitely like your podcast. So maybe you could talk, just explain kind of what you what you're doing for a little bit. Sure. It's like exactly what you guys are doing here, except I'm talking to myself the whole time. So I basically just talk about what's going on in my life and what's going on in the music scene. And right now there's no road stories or anything like that, but you know, it's just going to be like a, an update of what's happening. And I, in the future, I want to have guests on like you guys do. So there's, you know, some back and forth and there's some interaction, but for the most part, yeah, it's just like, BSing, you know, it's just like, what's going on? I'm going to set up a camera and a mic and just talk for an hour and go for it. And uh, sometimes some cool stuff comes out of my mouth and the other 95% of the time it's crap. So go give it a listen. Tell them actualized on all platforms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we don't know how that is. Everything that comes out of our mouths is 100% gold, John. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't do editing, any editing on the back end of this one. So. And before or after you check out that podcast, Actualized by John Lavero, check out the Higgs, which Absolutely. I believe are available on all the different platforms of the world. Yes. Yeah, we just released an album. We released uh, the Rose Will Fall mixtape. That's a compilation of three live shows. And yeah, go check it out if you want to hear some live Higgs music. Sounds Sounds great, too. Thanks for the plugs, guys. Yeah, Yeah. of course. I just figured out this banner shit, so I'm stoked on it. Dude, you're you're crushing (laughs) it, dude. (laughs) This live editing is unreal. Yeah, Yeah. and the the, the Higgs are an amazing band that, that we've known for a long time and gotten to play a bunch of songs and shows with. Meaning that John has played with us on multiple sets yes. and occasions. Which and, also, uh, uh, I have a question about one of the songs that I talk to Warren about all the time. But earlier you were describing some jam bands and you were saying like funny lyrics and, you know, stuff like that. And the one song uh, that I always remember is you had a song about someone stealing your bike. I do. Yeah. It's called The and, Bike Song. Yeah. And that song is still <laughs> my favorite. Really- and I think I had Warren send it to me. I don't know if he ever found it or where it is in the pipeline of, of dreams, but uh, I still love that song. Um, Thanks, brother. And uh, it's about stealing, someone stole your bike, right? True story. Yeah. yeah. I was at the Vaughn's on 17th in Tustin, and I had my bike in the back of my truck. I come out, and I literally see some shady dude riding out of the parking lot on my bike, and I laid his ass out. I took him to the ground and I fucking like started hitting him and shit. And then a cop pulled up behind me and was like, dude, like what's going on? And he pulled me off of him and he actually saw the guy take the bike out of my truck. So he just let me go. I threw my bike in the back of my truck, gave like a police report, dipped out. I have no idea what happened to the dude, but it turned into a song. Gave him, oh, yeah. a t- gave him a taste of your Irish ground and pound. Yeah, it's real. It really happened. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's amazing, man. Yeah, because a lot of songs I write are, like, fictional. Like, I'll I'll think of, like, what's a cool story I could tell. Yeah. Something that hasn't happened in the world. So I try to write songs that are, like, maybe somewhat related to what I experience in life, but are totally fictional. Characters create names and stories based around those characters. So that's one of the few songs that's actually anecdotal. Well, it rang a bell in my head. Not because anyone ever stole my bike, but sure, just because it's a great song. Thanks, brother. <laughs> uh, it's it's um, not pertinent to most people's lives, I would have to assume. Well, you know, I mean, 
I feel like anybody with that's had a bike has probably had it stolen. And if not, you <laughs> yeah. haven't been riding your bike. Yeah. You, you, your bike is stolen. You just haven't been riding it. <laughs> Maybe they could just imagine sure. the bike as something else. Like you should all probably go we've check all out had your something bikes. stolen yeah. from us. Yeah, there you go, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the real. You know, that's the real thing. And I do kind of like throw that in there at the end. There's a lyric at the end where it's like, "Never again will I let my bike go. I curse the day that it went away." I'll hunt down any man that steals my baby away from me because I ride my bike every day. Yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. Is this not really about that on 17th Street? Yes, yes. um, I love it. That's, Did some guy ride away on your girlfriend and then you beat him up? <laughs> exactly. If you don't throw an innuendo in your song, like, is it a song? Hey, man, yeah, dude. what are you doing? I'm high-fiving you, you with that your life. <laughs> I'm all about that innuendo, dog. I love that shit. <laughs> that's what Cold Night's all about, and you guys cover that song. So, yeah, dude, and we get requests for it still. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do just have to, we have to learn it again. That's the only thing. That's the only issue. Yeah, dude. Seriously, like you get three, people are like dude, three chords and a bridge, bro. Song, cold Night. <laughs> we'll have to do bike song. That would be right. Uh, I love that. That'll be great. <laughs> that would be so I, I think I still need the. I still I still think I need it. Do it. Do it. I don't know where to find it. Where do I find I'll it? I'll send it to you after the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. We're ready to call this one. Yeah. What are we well, John, uh, thanks for being here, buddy. Such a great guest. What, what yeah. do we you guys all so have much for having me. You guys way. are fucking awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. Dude, you're fucking awesome, man. Thank you for being and here. And let us know if you want us to be guests on your podcast at any time. I'm sure any of us oh. can have a two-hour conversation with you. <laughs> Bro, I think, you I'll try I, think I was already thinking that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a podcast for Actualized out of yeah. this. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, you I get five of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I would and love I'm that. pretty sure you and Henry could just go back and forth right. forever. Halfway <laughs> <laughs> through that forever. conversation, I was like, oh, when are we starting our gear podcast? Yeah. Right. When's that happening? <laughs> This is flowing. This oh, is we, we could we <laughs> could start brainstorming what that's going to be called. Yeah, John and Henry. <laughs> someone shop. killed John Henry. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. Killed John Henry podcast. Nope. nope. That's for all you Joe Bonamassa fans. Uh, maybe. All right. Dude, thank you guys so much for having me, man. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. This was thank so you, fun. John, so much yeah, for coming yeah, on, and it's, uh, really it's always great to talk to you and and see you and uh, talk about what's going on in your life. So, um, thank you for being here. Thank you guys. Yeah, brother. All right. See you soon. And then, uh, what, oh. what what do we have coming up before we get off? Before we come off, uh, what do we have coming up? We tomorrow. have some exciting stuff on the horizon that's coming out this week. Yes, we do. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, it I is. believe so. That's in like, that's in like right? probably like be three hours UK time. So. Yeah. All right, I guess we can't tell you. But but Just, keep uh, keep your eyes and ears <laughs> on uh, Planet Rock and yeah. Social media. And uh, we'll be posting all the exciting stuff happening on our page as well. So uh, if you haven't yet, sign up for our email list on robertjohnandtherec.com. Mm -hmm. We're keeping that updated as much as we possibly can, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and also go check out the Higgs um, Instagram Facebook, John Lavero's podcast, yes. The Rec Podcast. You got your work cut out for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. We're going to check all your guys' homework, see if you did it. And for all of you guys <laughs> listening on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, all of this information is going to be just fruits of knowledge down there for you to click on and explore deeper and go further. So uh, 
be good to each other and be safe out there. Uh, keep wearing your masks and uh, get wrecked. <laughs>